All right. It's podcast time, and we're going double digits. Podcast number 10. Who'd have thought that? So, I'm even. Yeah. Dave's I'm odd. odd. I'm always odd. Dave Bernard, good to have you here, as always. Great to be back. And episode 10, I mean, double digits. I love it, right? Like, I mean, um, Ron, I... I felt like maybe there was a, you know, not not a concern, but an awareness that it's tiring and it's hard work running the podcast. And maybe, you know, like we were going to give ourselves permission we to skip, but no, Ron, it's like a marathon. We got our <laughs> second wind and episode 10 to 20. I mean, I think that's where it's going to be. Oh boy. When we, we made that little apology or kind of a, uh, threw a little hint out there that we might go to maybe a delay, maybe have a rest or a break. And we told everybody, hey, don't worry. We got enough to say. Yep. We couldn't contain it, could we, Dave? We're here every no. week again. Hey, podcast 10. Well, you know what, though, Ron? I, I've got it in the notes here that um, we were we were down at the Claire's Home Cow Horse Show. Yeah. And why would we stop going when, like, how was your feedback on the podcast? Uh, crazy. I thought I'd go to the Cow Horse Show. I was, my wife was showing and... I went with her to the cow horse show. I know lots of people there and I'm thinking, oh, I'll go down there kind of, you know, kind of a inconspicuous. Oh my heavens. People are listening to the podcast. They know about the exhibition. They're excited about it. It's, it's a buzz. And what a great sense. What a great sense. And I know you were busy with the same. Uh, it was, a, it was a fun weekend. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows what's going on. You know, I, I had people pointing their finger at me and talking to somebody else and then come <laughs> over and be like, hey, you're the podcast guy. And I'm like, I guess that's, you know, maybe that's how I'll get known. You are the podcast guy. Yeah. You're with, but they're like, you're with Ron. So you're Ron still and I'm the podcast guy. I could do that. But uh, no, it's it's yeah. cool to meet new people and different aspects of what they're sharing and liking about it. So thank you again, always to our listeners. And I think, you know, um, the people who are sharing it with, because, you know, we see the, some of those original episodes, those those listens keep going up and up and up. So I'm so glad that uh, people are going back and, uh, and enjoying it. So uh, that was super cool. And I have to say, I don't think I told you this, Ron. One of the people said, hey, the podcast is working. There is a group of young girls, cow horse girls, who are now coming to the exhibition because of the show. They said, we have to be there. So we've talked about that, about how like yes. there's interest. Yes. I, there is, there's yes. not just one or two. There's a group and they're coming. So this, oh, is, this is exciting. Uh, it is. That is exciting. Yep. And uh, so they should have aspirations like that. It's, you know, we make little notes or I kind of jot down things that are going on. Mm -hmm. And of course, we promised at the uh, end of our last episode, we said, hey, the NRBC just wrapped up and we had a couple of Canadians do very well and... Guess what? What? We were able to contact one of our one of our little Canadians who did very well. I say one of our little Canadians because past youth competitor here in Alberta. Right. They've gone and grown up quite a bit more than we oh, thought, didn't they? Boy, I'll tell you what. Like, like, like in my mind, they're the same person that left. Yeah, but exactly. But a bunch of years have gone by. Yeah, like how does that happen? Right, yeah. Dave? So yeah. Not as I, young as I remember, but... They, they were great when they left, and they're even better now, Ron. They like, are. Yeah. Um, I say, I'm say i saying they because uh, there were there was multiple that did that. But, um, yeah, so so great, great um, opportunity here to talk to the product of Youth Reigning Alberta. Yes. And yeah. youth, youth Reigning Canada that has gone down south and had success. And has success. And I, I think the Canadian reigning industry should put a – big old feather in its hat mm -hmm. to know that the com competition level is such up here yep. and the foundation of professional trainers available to them and the horsepower and all of the accoutrements that can set the stage for these young, younger riders to go South and Excel is right here in Canada. That, that's a pretty big deal. The sum package of the life experience of a young Canadian rainer who then crosses south of the border, goes to school, rides some horses, lives with a trainer, whatever that is, like, I just can't, it, it doesn't seem out of reach, Ron. Like, it oh. seems like, like, because, you know, we, we talk, we, this is a hot cocky podcast that people forget that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like the chances of a young Canadian hockey player going and living the dream that they had, which yes. was to make the NHL, it's just not right. realistic. 
It's very unrealistic. And I don't get that sense. Like, I think if there was a young, dedicated rider here in Alberta or in Canada, they have an incredible life experience ahead of them, should they choose. Good. I... I think you're absolutely dead on. I really agree with you. It's just so much. We've talked about, I have, I've alluded to the, the reigning family all the time as well. And I think an integral part that we're going to see here as we move to our interview mm-hmm. is your, your own personal family, your yeah. mom, your dad, your siblings. That, that home support network has allowed so many of our reigners to succeed mm-hmm. on the international scene and right now we should get ready to welcome our guest and you did a, a great job on this interview i gotta thank you dave for i kind of got we were kind of scattered my wife and i my wife's mare was dutiful <laughs> <laughs> we were going to talk about that we're not ready to go to the interview yet so you oh. you, you said that oh. there's you, you know a surprise to dave it's that time of year i i guess that it, it there's, is there's, that there's lots of hopefuls oh. coming out right ron social media there's math is math and science and there's stuff that happens so. <laughs> social media is littered with all kinds of Baby pictures, yeah. baby pictures of mares foaling and the lineage is, is number one because, as I said to you, Dave, and I showed you a couple pictures of we finally got our, our mare finally foaled here two days ago, and you, you look at the baby standing there, and it's a baby giraffe, for damn sake. I mean, and all you can do is marvel at the handiwork of God is how did they fold that little package up and keep it in that mare's belly until it delivered it. 340 days is the average gestation of a mare, Dave. 300, that's a long time to wait. Wow. From, and then it doesn't happen on the 340th day. Yeah. And in our case, you know, we go right, 350 yeah. or close to yeah. that. Yeah, you had to wait and wait. And boop, pops out, all healthy, all good, stands up, runs around, drinks milk. <laughs> you does know, it. And, and maybe it's another episode coming up, Ron. But, I mean, besides the birds and bees lesson, because yeah. I feel like I understand, like, how the baby comes from. Yeah, so yeah, I don't need yeah, you to yeah. explain no, that no, to me. Don't in need fact, to do I've that. actually got two kids of my yeah, own, so that's I've it. even experienced that. But oh, it's getting a little awkward here. <laughs> no, but I would, I would like to know, like, you and Marilyn, you decide, hey, we're going to have... We're going to have our mare yeah. and, and she's going to have a foal. And so I just like start to finish everything that goes into that, you know, not even like not from the mother's side, because that obviously you, t- you mentioned that, but just the decision and all of the, all of the things now, because I saw you last week as you're going through that experience, there's a lot of responsibility and I'm guessing oh. it hasn't ended now. No, no, it's, it, we're backyard breeders. We do it uh, certainly not financial gain. If you're, in the breeding business, uh, your financial gains not can't be priority one. You got to enjoy the journey. It's like a lot of things in the horse world. Yeah. But we have a cutting bred mare, a mare that do, did very well for my wife. She showed her uh, non-pro Canadian champion in the open in the non-pro open division. And this mare is a, a very nice mare, very credible, earned you know forty thousand plus. And so you make uh, decisions about choosing the stallion, and you breed them. And it goes along, like you say, the birds and the bees factor. But you're in it for the, kind of for us, it's the adventure of producing that live baby and watching it grow up. Mm. And I don't think there's something about the spring of the year. Mm. There's a lot of things you might not like about the spring of the year. One of them, longer days are longer. Yeah. We got a lot of time in the evenings. Mm -hmm. Maybe so much time in the evenings, it'll shorten your to-do list. (laughs) Or allow you to add more things to add your list. Things, yeah, yeah, add more you things. you weren't busy. You weren't busy. No, yeah. it wasn't that I wasn't busy. What am I going to do today? Yeah. But anyway, we got, got the mirror in full, and so many other people have enjoyed that too. And these are decisions. That's why it's so important to recognize, like some of our the top sponsors of our classes yeah. for the exhibition are stallion owners. They are, yeah. And this is the time of year that when you make those breeding decisions. So I'm encouraging everybody out there that's a listener. Yeah. Have a look at the stallions that have supported the exhibition. Yep. And actually have been prominent in supporting the reigning industry in Canada the whole way along. Yep. So we got special made whiskey. We got Spooks, Spooks Big, Big Bang, Bang. And then the Crush. P.S. Mega Shine Chick. 
So, you know, those are the, the, the three the, sponsors who they just stepped right up and they said, hey, we want to, uh, you know, we want to be a part of this show. And that's a big deal, Ron. Cause it's, you, it's a big deal. And that's why I'm encouraging mare owners to look out at them. Right. And maybe you're going to find that Magic Cross there. These are all horses that are, these three stallions that we mentioned are all carrying contemporary genetics, have a great history, and have offspring out there uh, either ready to compete or already competing. So that, those are good things. Th- those are the kind of decisions that horse people make as they, uh, yeah. as they roll through it. Ron, I don't think I told this story on the podcast and it's a little bit embarrassing, but you know, sometimes you have to laugh at yourself, right? You mentioned that the days are getting longer and they're also getting warmer. And what I want to say is thank goodness because, oh. you know, we mentioned the uh, recording of the podcast in the Jayco, the new HD2 uh, trailer and the, and, the, and the location recording for the, for the exhibition podcast. The night after that recording, it did get quite cold out, didn't it? I think the temperature of the te- temperature in Stavely was minus 14, Dave, minus 14. Oh. How was your propane furnace? You know, the, the full propane tank that I left the uh, RV dealership yes. with? Yes, um, Maybe it was leaking or something. <laughs> I didn't check if it was full, but it, it ran out, Ron, at about 2 a.m. Oh! It was a long, oh. cold night. Is that a rookie oh. move on my part? Do you always check the propane tank? I have two propane tanks on yeah. on the front of mine. Yeah. I think a backup propane tank's a handy thing in, in weather like that. That's pretty damn chilly, Dave. Ugh. You didn't huh? tell me about the propane tank until after. You're probably like, oh, no, he's going to want to experience the run out. Yeah, of yeah. He'll, <laughs> this will teach him to always check. You know, the worst the thing about lesson. propane tanks is no. there's no gauge on the damn deals. Yeah. So there, there is no gauge. There's no. different strips that you can put on them and different things. And I actually had some propane tanks that came fitted with a little gauge. And then propane tanks get stale dated. Ah. And they won't refill those because they're past due until they have them refurbished. But anyway, wow. Dave, how cold was it? Pretty chilly? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't show you on the podcast how cold it was. No, <laughs> I don't know. No, put those back on. <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> Remember George Costanza? And the, how, the water was cold. It was cold. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, uh, off the rails. Hey, you know, you mentioned yes. our guest. Come on, bring us back. Okay. So guest, NRBC, did well, great family support. Talk about her because she's from, I see her rain in Alberta, but not from Alberta, no. a Saskatchewan native. We get to talk to Haley France now. I was waiting. No, I was waiting for you. I was going to jump you, in there. I thought something. you were going to correct me on her surname. I Be- thought you because, wanted to go with a Haley Frank, right? Well, you spell it, right? It's yeah. phonetic and you go Frank. And I can still see her dad smiling and laughing at me and going, it's not Frank. Yeah. It's France. I anticipate the Miss uh enunciated pronunciated name at all the shows that we go to yes. and i will generally if it's not you i'll make a courtesy stop yep. by the announcer booth and just be like it's france france because yep. it just everybody gets it wrong and i and i know that the family appreciates getting it right and you got it right so there's wow. nothing to be said there haley france great guest yeah young lady that reigned as i said here in alberta and was always one of our favorites and the nice part about this was mm-hmm. You were a big fan of Haley's and their whole family. Yeah. And so it was a pleasure to sit there and you said, hey, Ron, do you mind if I take the lead for this interview? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I said, no, Dave, I, I appreciate you doing it because you had, uh, you had skin in the game here, buddy. Yep. Like you, you wanted to do this. And I think that's, that's just, it's about the personal well, because what's cool for me, Ron, like when you, you, we talk to guests and you, and people will bring up, you remember this or remember that. And yep. you remember everyone, Ron. <laughs> but there's a group yeah. of, of, of Rainers out there who like were kind of new and fresh when I, when I got yes. into this world. Yes. And I have been following them all along. And I am really excited to see their progression and, and, and then get them here, talk to them on the podcast and find out what have they been doing since COVID hit, which is a long time ago now. Yes. Or, or longer than that, right? So no, it, it is really fun for me. And, uh, and it, it was this interview uh, was super enjoyable on so many levels. So Well, it sure was. So without talking too much about it, yep. 
I think we, if we went right to the interview, Dave, that would explain the whole darn thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> we should do that now. I think we should go back inside the Jayco and let's go talk to Haley Franks. Well, everyone, this is uh, uh, a special day for us. We're, we are welcoming our guest, Haley Franz. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, Franz. Yeah, you know, because, um, you know, sometimes I hear Haley Frank and, and uh, I know I've learned from your mom that, uh, no, we don't go with Frank, we go with uh, France. So Haley France, and she was born and raised in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, and she graduated from Riviere Academy in 2015. And then at 17 years of age, she moved off to College Station, Texas, because she had received and accepted a Division I NCAA scholarship to go to Texas A&M. And she was on the equestrian team there. And while at Texas A&M, Haley earned herself a Bachelor of Science in Animal Science. So that was exciting. And we're going to hear more about that. And then when she graduated... She accepted an assistant position to Arno Honstetter. And, well, wouldn't you know, uh, in January, she moved off to Scottsdale and began working with Arno. At the time, went from NRHA non-pro to become an open rider. And so in March of 2020, if I'm not mistaken, just before the pandemic struck, they set up at Storybook Stables in Scottsdale, Arizona. And that is where uh, Arno had become the head trainer. So Haley has been living there on site and uh, has been working as the assistant trainer. And I have to say things went so well for you as a youth and things have not stopped since you've gone on to university and continued on. So Ron and I just cannot wait to learn more about, you know, a little bit the details of sort of where you got to, where you are now, and then of course, where you're going to go in the future. So on behalf of Ron and I, Haley, welcome to the Exhibition Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, we're, we're pretty proud. We're pretty proud of all of our Canadians and uh, particularly youngsters such as yourself. I call you a youngster. I guess that's acceptable. Hey? You're still a young lady. But uh, you've had quite a, a venture, haven't you? Like, I'm, I'm amazed. 17 years old, graduates and runs away from home. Yeah, that was that was a big move in my life. Um, I think the main thing when I made that decision to go to Texas is I wanted to keep riding through college and keep my show career going. And so when I got the offer of the scholarship and to compete on the team there, I think that was kind of the perfect situation for me. So I kind of jumped into that pretty quick because they didn't offer it to me until the end of my senior year of high school. So me and my mom, of course, made that decision pretty quick and it worked out really well. Can you take me back, Haley? Like, I want to know for the young uh, listeners out there who are, you know, A, want to get the scholarship. And so they're hoping to even be, you know, receive an offer. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that process looked like for you? Like, do how long did you work through and hope to receive a scholarship? Um, honestly, I like didn't even realize that it was a thing, like to be on an equestrian team in college until my senior year of high school. The coach at Texas A&M had been scouting me for the last few years of my youth career when I didn't even know. Um, she first saw me uh, in Kentucky in 2012 at the Junior Young Riders Championships and had followed my show record from there. I've been really fortunate. My parents have been really supportive and I was able to show quite a bit in the States as a youth kid. And I think that helped a lot. But I think showing as much as you can, submitting your show records to the schools you want to go to so they can kind of learn and follow that really helps. And I know a bunch of the schools are getting better at looking internationally as well as not just in the, in their kind of area and the States and everything. So I think that helps, but for me, it was kind of um, a surprise. She had actually Facebook messaged me towards the end of my senior year and had asked me to call her and we talked through and she'd offered me the scholarship over the phone. 
That's, that's really awesome. You know, and, um, my oldest daughter right now is in her first year of uh, university, just finishing up and she's playing uh, university volleyball. So I know a little bit about sort of what that looks like, but, you know, I think that, um, you know, the, the experience being, uh, on an equestrian team would obviously be much more unique. So tell, tell us a little bit of like, what's college life when you're on a team like that? It is busy. It's a lot of work. In hindsight, I think it prepared me a lot for as much of work as I'm doing here as an assistant trainer. But um, between all my classes and our workouts and our riding and study hall, plus my major animal science, there's a lot of um, hands-on like labs and everything. So I had a a lot going on. I think I would start my mornings most of the time at like six and I wouldn't get home until 11, sometimes midnight and started again the next day. But it was a really good experience and it helped me in a lot of ways with responsibility and working hard. And I'm really thankful to the coaches and all my professors and everything. And I think they really, they really did a lot of good for me. And it was a really good step in my life that I took to lead me where I am. I'm, I'm curious as far as like the team approach and stuff, like how does that all work, uh, work itself out? Um, how many other um, athletes are, are involved and uh, how, how does that um, happen? Um, so while I was on the team, there was about 60 girls. There's four disciplines. There's reigning horsemanship flat and jumping or fences for the English side. It can get pretty intense because you're a team, but you're competing for five spots on the team to be showing in the meets and everything. So it's a little cutthroat sometimes. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be really active in showing there my first few years. Exhibitioned a couple times my freshman year, and then I showed through my sophomore and junior year. I was really successful, did really well. Um, and then my last year, I really needed to get graduated and focus on my studies. So I took the year off. I was still on scholarship and everything, but took the year off the team and focused everything so I could get graduated Smart. and get back into uh, NRHA. That, that's maturity yeah. beyond your years, young lady. That's uh, sounds like that's a that's a, a good thing to mark down on my calendar is to... Oh, are you going to go back and do this again? Yeah, yeah, huh? I'm going to go back and prioritize my life. Uh, I'm going to kind of have a rear view mirror look. But um, do they supply horses for you? Haley, uh, w where do the horses come from? Yeah, so a lot of our horses got donated. I remember... I. It was like my first week of practice and we were riding all like we had a different horse each day and we had a rope horse. We had an ex barrel racer. We had an extra dressage horse come in one time for the raining and we were showing them all in the raining. And so it was some of them are ex rainers with just some added tricks and stuff, but they all um, they're all mostly donated. Our coach did get um some money to buy a couple of horses each year, but for the most part, they were donated. We kind of took what we could get. All right. So if, if we can, let, let's go back now a step and talk to me about the young Haley, because I mean, I have some things here. I know that you have many, many talents, uh, not just uh, riding horses, but I am curious at what point did you get into, did you start, you know, getting into reining? At what point did you think like, okay, like I'm, I'm good at this. Um, I want to get really good at this. How, how did that start to happen? What was that process like? So I started the reining. I think my parents actually wanted to do the cow horse, but it was hard for us to find cattle. So we took on more the reining side of it instead. I was about 10 or 11 and I was actually showing my, my 4-H horse, who was an Appaloosa, she didn't like the raining very much. So we moved on, got a new horse for me. When I really started to want to step it up, I think I was like 13. And we found Shy, who is my like pride and joy. He gave me like the best successes in my youth career. That horse is amazing. Like I, he's like a huge part of where I am today. And I think, like, when I got that horse, he gave me so much confidence, and I really, like, believed in myself, and I wanted to do more and more and more, and I wanted it to be with him. 
And he took me everywhere. He took me Young Riders, won the gold medal. He took me to Oklahoma affiliate finals. He's done a lot. And so all my success, he's really the root of it. This is uh, really given me a lot of confidence in my, my Mr. Announcer here who doesn't know all the barn names for the horses. So I'm assuming you're talking about Jack Shyboy. Is that the guy? Yes, that's the guy. Yeah, that's the guy. Well, he, he was very stellar and that's about the time you came on our radar, uh, for Dave and I, you know, we're seeing the 13 year old, uh, Haley come out and, and as Dave asked you, you recognized right away. So the appeal of reigning obviously came early to you. Is that true? Yeah. So I started out in all the 4-H stuff and I did the all around like the horsemanship stuff a little bit and some team penning, but I never liked feeling out of control. So the team penning <laughs> stuff didn't really work for me, but I wanted something faster pace than like the horsemanship or something. And so raining really stuck with me. And it was really interesting because it was always challenging. Like it was always felt like it was so hard. I loved it. Like I just wanted something that I could keep working on. My parents have been so supportive and they saw that I loved it so much. So they continued to support me and guide me to where I could be successful. Now, talk to me a little bit about your 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 mom and, and maybe your dad, too, Um uh, Tracy and Rick are just, I love them. They are phenomenal people. And as a teacher, which has come up several times on the podcast, the one thing we learn is that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So, so you're wonderful. And we're going to say congrats to your mom and dad, because, uh, together they have helped you to be, to be wonderful, but talk to me. Cause I mean, we'll see both of them in the arena that talk, tell me a little bit about, uh, they as Rainers. So my parents love horses uh, my dad, when he was younger, he had started, um, training colds, starting colds for people, whatever. And so we've always had horses for me growing up. They still do the raining. They still like to show and such, but they really, I think they really lived it through me too. When I was a youth, like they kind of latched onto that lifestyle. Um, but they're obviously great. Like they've been a huge part of my success too. Like I could never get anywhere without my mom. My mom has like found me opportunities that I didn't even know existed. And she would just dig deeper and deeper until she could find like more ways for me to get exposure or anything. She was great. And my dad, he'd drive me like a hundred hours anywhere to be able to make a show or anything. Like they're, they're like the perfect team. Hmm. They're my perfect people. Well, I tell you what, though, as a parent of two uh, young girls, uh, and it's just you and your sister, is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So I've I've talked to your mom over the years, and I see parallels between uh, my two girls and uh, you and your sister. But I know as a parent, Haley, when when you're giving a lot, but then when you're being respectful, and like, you know, one of the things that your mom mentioned, of course, was all of the sacrifices that you made. And I remember Shelby Lynn in episode one, same thing, right? Gave up so much of the typical teenager life. But I'm guessing for someone like you, you know, and all the things you've experienced, it's not, you're giving it up, but it's not a huge sacrifice. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's very fair to say. I think like, I knew like, obviously with my friends in school and everything, like I knew what their lifestyle was and what my lifestyle was. I mean, when it came between like going to the Derby or going to my high school graduation or going to ride with Jesse for a couple of weeks or going somewhere with my friends on spring break. Like it was always a no brainer. Like I was just like, why, why do I need to go to graduation or why do I need to go on vacation? Like I should be doing like, it was always, it was always, um, I wanted to do be with my horses. I wanted to go do something, make myself better with the horses that was always kind of the one track in my mind. Dave, what we see here is passion and commitment and uh, you've made choices. And for a young lady that makes a choice that in her final year of college says, okay, I'm going to have to forego the competition, which is really, really important to me, but rather finish my education appropriately. Uh, some of the, your, your earlier decisions hallmark that all the way down the path. And the family support, 
I think you should know that Dave and I, as Dave's already expressed this, but your family is so obvious in their support. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're very obvious to us, and we saw that right away. And that's one of the things that excited me about talking to you today. That's, that's a team. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about um, something really fresh in your mind, I'm sure. So let's go to the, uh, the NRBC. Tell us a little bit about uh, that experience for you. That was great. That was my first time I've shown at NRBC. Arno had given me his mare that he owns. He showed her at the fraternity. She's a Star Spangled Wiz out of Lima Rita. Um, she's a great mare. I've been riding her since January. This was the first time I had really, really shown her. And she's a four-year-old, so sometimes you don't really know what to expect, but she was so much fun to show. We had made the level one and two finals, which was really exciting for me. And we had a pretty good run in the finals, made some money. It was great. That pen is huge. I don't think I've ever shown in a pen that big. So that was a little intimidating, but I'm really proud of myself and I'm really excited. I get really good opportunities here. I'm really thankful to Arno and Laura for that. They've been like so great to me from day one. So well, That's maybe maybe now's really, the time to tell us because uh, tell us a little really, bit more about where you're living and working right now. What does that day to day look like? Um, so it's busy now that we're getting into show seasons. Uh, I do most of the time work seven days a week. Saturdays and Sundays are a little slower. During the week, I have about eleven horses to ride right now, but there's not one horse. I think that isn't a bad horse like there's no horse I've ever ridden here that's like this shouldn't be a rainer or something like they're all pretty nice we're getting ready to go to Mother's Day slide here in about a week and a half all the ones that went to NRBC are kind of on break and then the other ones going up to this next show we're getting back into shape but usually we ride from seven till six and then I doctor we have a therapy laser i do all that kind of stuff and then all the extras come after that whether it's packing cleaning whatever so my days are pretty long but they're good days wow that that is a lot of work and it but you were well prepared for that from the sounds of your as you've told us through your life and what we've observed uh, that's where i talk about the commitment does it seem easy because you're really enjoying it? It seems like the days are long, but not that long. Like they're, they're doable. Yeah, they're very doable. Uh, it does help. Like I do really love my work. I enjoy it. Um, you know, it's all the extras. It comes into play and like leads up. I feel like the more I put in, the more work I get, then the better outcome I'll have later on with the horses or whatever, because I'll deserve it. I feel like the more work, more effort I put in, if I'm successful later on, it'll be even better because I deserve it. I worked hard for it. That's awesome. So, no, it's never, never any bitter feelings. I don't know. I love the, actually, I love the doctoring and taking care of part of the horses. That's maybe part of my animal science major side we've talked about relationship building on the podcast like doing that doctoring yourself does that help you to build that uh, tight relationship with your horses i think so like i i mean i feel like horses know when someone's genuine or not like i think they can really feel if you care about them or if you're just out there riding them getting off giving them to whoever like, I think if you can build a relationship with your horses, then they'll be better for you. And I think like even throughout my youth years or with the horses that I had shown on the team and stuff in college, like, I think if you can try and build a relationship with whatever horse, then they'll trust you and be better for you in the long run. To me, Haley, what you're expressing is such a refreshing thought. And that's really what you're doing and what you're becoming and I'm you're, you're well on your way. You're become a, a horseman or a horsewoman, however you prefer it stated, but you're into the holistic part of the horse. You want the horse to be healthy. You want it to be a performer. You want to train it. You want to ride it and show it to the best of your ability. And you're really, really doing a, a great job at that. And your attitude is going to make you continue on and allow you to continue on. 
But I know that one thing you've expressed already, and it's way more fun when you've got great horses, isn't it? Like talented horses. You've you've stated you have 11 horses that you're riding, and every one of them, it wants to be a rainer and should be a rainer. That makes the sunshine brighter when you get up in the morning, doesn't it? It for sure makes it a lot easier. It's fun to try and train a horse to do its job when it wants to do its job rather than the other way around. But yeah, no, there's no shortage of nice horses here. And I'm very lucky and I'm very grateful to be able to ride them. And I'm just thinking like a, you know, a couple, two and a half winters in, uh, in Scottsdale now, does it remind you of winters back home? Is that sort of what you're experiencing? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, sure, Dave. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty close. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I go home for Christmas and it's a little bit of a struggle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like a little bit of a wimp sometimes when I go home. I don't spend as much time outside as I probably should in those two weeks. It's for sure a little bit of a culture shock now. But the uh, winters in Arizona are way nicer here yeah. than even in Texas. Texas was a little bit of a struggle too. Well, hey, I'm going to uh, take an opportunity to maybe embarrass you a little bit. I've told this story before, but I've never told it to you. Um, I want to go back to when you were going to the Youth World Championships. Am I talking about the right event? Uh, what was that specifically called? And, and and I guess what I'm talking about is you needed to get on a cutting horse. So, Oh, yeah, the Youth World Cup. Youth World Cup. So... Um, as, as we've talked about often on the podcast at HD2, and of course, Ron as announcer, we work raining, cutting and cow horse shows. And, and generally we see crossover between cow horse into the raining and we see cow horse into the cutting, but the raining and the cutting don't generally mix. And so all of a sudden we're at this cutting show in uh, Silver Slate and Haley shows up and there she is. And so somebody had given you a horse and you can remind me who that was. But why I wanted to embarrass you, Haley, is because this was your very, to my knowledge, this was your very first time going into a herd to make the cut. And I already knew how talented you are. And, and to be sure, I am a huge Haley fan. So I knew you were a great rider and you missed, I've never seen it before, I think four or five cows in the two and a half minutes. And you just kept on trying and you walked out there. I said to, I said to Mark, I said, Wow, Haley just made cutting look really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's me. I, I can reach across the table here for yeah. you, Haley, if you want. But I'm guessing, you know, there's a note here that says you are a perfectionist. And I'm guessing before you got to the world championship, you had figured it out. And, and you know, I didn't get to see that process. So tell me about, like, what, what was that like? All of a sudden, now I got to go cut horses. Or cut horses, cut cows. Cut cows. I yeah. think that's probably... Was so first, of all, <laughs> first of all, I'm terrified of cattle. Like I'm, <laughs> I don't like them. Like I'm scared <laughs> of them. So when I was told I should, or they asked me to do the cutting, I was like hesitant, but I was like, I can't say no. So I was like, okay. But when I, I know when I went in there, I was so frustrated. I was like, I'm, how do I not do this right? Um, so I don't know. I really, that, cause that was really the only time I had shown it before we went to the youth world cup. And, um, I was just, I remember talking to my sister about it and I was like, that's so embarrassing. Like, how am I going to tell my coaches? Cause they all knew I was going to show and practice for the first time. I was like, how am I going to tell the coaches that I miss like a million cattle, but don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any more shows to go to, but I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah. So I, I went back. It was Keith Stewart who was helping me. He was great. He was like the best teacher. Like, I don't know. He really did prepare me well. And I think I rode with him for like two weeks. And um, so I practiced with him a couple times again after that. And he kind of got me to be a little more gritty and a little more confident in what I was doing. And um, I don't know. It must have whatever he got me doing it worked because at, at the youth world cup i ended up getting silver medal in the yes. cutting which was really nerve-wracking going in for that though because i was just thinking about the last time i was in the show pen <laughs> when i was going in this one but that, 
the, no, it was, the sport it of, was frustrating for sure. Well, the, the sport of cutting, as our most high-level endeavors in the equestrian world, they're humbling. And what happened is you just went out there, got a little bit humbled, but went right back to it, found out where the mistakes were, and as much as you might have carried that memory with you, it became a great platform to go forward with. So the end of the story is the silver medal. I mean, that's that's where it took you. and that, That's grit. That's mm-hmm. that's grit, Haley. So once again, as we find out more and more about you, we see why you've ended up at Storybook Stables. We see why you're riding with uh, such a professional as Arno. And it's it's all fitting. It goes down the same road. So good on you. Yeah, you know, and Haley, I'm interested yeah. back um, to your non-pro days where you went to some of the, the bigger events. And, you know... Yeah. You are, I can, I, we've seen, and, and we know you, you have confidence, but how do you prepare yourself to go into like, again, I'm thinking of the young rider who's listening to you right now and going like, well, here's a role model. Here's someone who I can be like, I want to be like Haley. What were you doing to get yourself mentally prepared to go into those larger stages? So I used to watch like all the big trainers, Sean, Craig, Jordan, Andrea on YouTube on repeat. I would watch their runs over and over again, try and see what I could do to perfect my show skills. I knew like whatever training habits I was doing, like was done once you're at a show, I feel like you get into show mode and you just, you got to kind of show what you got, work with what you got at that point. But I used to watch show videos like over and over and over again and I would try and kind of imitate that in my riding when I was practicing leading up to those shows um but I again like a big part of it was I really was fortunate enough with the horse I was riding because I don't think that horse ever did anything bad to me in the show pen like I had nothing but confidence in him so going in I knew that if something were to happen like he was going to be great. So I just had to match that. Like I've had to just, he really let me just focus on myself and focus on my writing and how I was showing and whatever, because he was always going to be there for me. So that was really, really huge thing going into those shows. I feel like going or coming from Canada. That's a, I think my first show was the affiliate finals in Oklahoma. And that was a big one. And yeah, the I think the confidence was the key thing. And then perfecting how I show and, you know, the speeds you go, like you need to really push, give everything you got. But I was really, really confident youth. And that was a lot to play with the horse I was riding, I think. Wow. The, um, we're, we're finding a recurring theme. We've had the opportunity to to talk with a, a, a wide variety of horse people on our podcast. And the recurring theme is you learn the skill sets and that seems that's like almost a smaller part of the equation. It's the metal game. That's really important when that show gate opens and, and your number is called when you get called in. So you, you've just described you mentally did a lot of homework to have the mindset to get your horse shown watching how other people ride like you have everyone has people they look up to and you know at home like obviously a big one is Shauna Persia. like I think she's amazing in the show pen like she's like perfect all the time every time doesn't matter what happens outside her warm-up or whatever like in the show pen she's on it and I think like when you want to better yourself you have to watch the people who you want to imitate or who are better than you and you can try and match that and meet up to them and that's something that my mom had always taught me too is like look up to or be with the people like surround yourself with people who can better you and who can help you to be successful or who you want to be like and just because the the people who are really successful and the people who are doing really well kind of carry themselves a little different kind of manage their ways a little different too and I think um like we have great trainers and showmen back home too and I think watching them and surrounding yourself with those kind of people really helps I got to um 
a connection here that uh, to my daughter, both of my daughters were, were dancers. And so I understand that you were a dancer for six years. It says here, ballet, tap, jazz, you know, maybe some other disciplines. But I'm curious because athletes today, you know, we can have that 365 day a year athlete. You're very locked into, you know, your life as a, as a rider right now. But I suspect as a young lady, as a young girl, that experience in dance had value beyond the dance itself. Would you, would you say that? Yeah, for sure. I would say that. I think, um, really any sport like it, especially like like with kids at young ages, like it shows work ethic and responsibility, you know, like anything, whether it's riding, dance, soccer, like when you're on a schedule and you know you have to be practicing you have to put your all into something like I think that's it those kind of things teach you way more than just the sport and um yeah so I was lucky my mom started me out in dance that really didn't work out well but it did teach me a lot um and it helped me move forward into my riding and that worked out a little better. And, and, it, and, and it didn't work out for my oldest daughter, Danae, either, because physically she outgrew the traditional dancer. But I just think her her strength, her physical awareness of how her body moves, all of that, I could see how that would be valuable as a rider. Ron, well, you look I, like- I, I, I just think, I believe that sometimes people discount riding as an athletic endeavor. And I think that that's, that's a mistake right there. Riding is, requires a lot of athletic. It requires all of the things that we've come to learn about here, Dave, is the balance, uh, knowing how, as you say, your body moves, your balance points, all of that. And anything that can help you be a better athlete Mm -hmm. helps you become a better rider. So as Haley's pointed out with her dance, the dance helped her not only with her, with her personal discipline, mm-hmm. but learning about how, how to, how to balance, how to, how to move around. And that thing, when you get on a horse, you, you're an athlete up there too. And it also has a performance mindset, right? It does too. You, you're, you have a song yes. that you're dancing to, and yep. you're going to try to be perfect through that, whatever it is. And not a lot of sports are perfect, but raining is intended to be perfect. So I don't know. I, I watched, just... did you watch Haley's face when you brought up the dance deal? <laughs> Holy cow. She thought, Oh no, I don't want to do this dance talk. Well, instead talk to us about cooking. I understand you're quite a cook. Is that, is that also true? I mean, what a dynamic person you are. Tell us about your cooking. (laughs) I actually love baking. I love baking. I do like cooking for my parents. Like when I have someone to cook for, I love when I go home, I cook for my mom all the time. Um, but baking, I really, I don't know why I love baking. I think it's cause I used to do it with my grandma growing up and that's just like brings me home when I start baking and stuff. It's kind of, it makes me feel just like, um, young again with my grandma. So, but I always have loved baking, cooking. I will do once in a while, but I'll cook for my mom all the time. All right. Baking. Baking. <laughs> Gotta know this. Baking is important. Uh, what do you like to bake? What's your favorite thing to bake? Cinnamon rolls. Oh, I'm on. I'm on. <laughs> and, and, and what? <laughs> and I love making pies. <laughs> Haley. Oh, oh, that's, those are two of my favorites. I'm, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, right I know. Now. I, I'm starting to drool on the microphone. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. Yeah. I, I like the smell of baking. I like the taste of it. Anyway, that that's a pretty cool hobby. I think she's got another secret is. here on in the notes that? that I was a little surprised about. I've never heard of this before. Maybe it's a thing and I just missed out, but I can't wait to try this. I mean, I, I you've got a note here that said you love cotton candy and ice cream. Check, check for me. We were good on that, but frozen Welch's candy. Who, who, who came up with that? You ever had a frozen Welch's candy, Ron? <laughs> Haley, what is a frozen I... Welch's what is like that? Like the fruit snacks. I freeze everything. Oh. It tastes because it's like a healthy version of candy. You know, like yeah. when I'm trying to eat better, but I want candy all the time. <laughs> you just like find something kind of similar. And- <laughs> Jeez. We're talking like fruit strips, as I might call them. So you, you go to Costco, you buy the big box of the yep. little Welch's yep. ones, and yep. you take them home and you pop them in the freezer. Is that what you do? Yeah. 
And then, then you have they're the really Haley. good. Oh, I bet they are. And then you have the Haley France good eating. Candy. Oh man, I'm gonna try this. I hope everyone at home yeah. tries this too, and we'll get some feedback on this uh, thing. I, I, like I said, I've never heard of anyone else doing it. Who taught you how to do that, or is this your own idea? I mean, I'm sure um, other people do it, but I, I freeze everything. Like <laughs> all my chocolate and everything is freeze. I feel like that's a little more normal, but yeah. So I just put them in the freezer. It's hot here, so I'm like put everything in the freezer and see how it tastes. Everything tastes better when it's frozen. Well, that's good because my other note here says that you love the heat and you hate the cold, but you love the frozen Welsh's candy. So this all makes sense. It's coming. Oh yeah. It's so logical. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you know, one thing as we uh, wrap, wrap, wrap this up, we're like, we've pried into your life a little bit. You know, I got a couple other personal questions that I won't ask you. No, that's not true. Um, what do you see on the horizon for, for Haley France? What's on the horizon? What are, what are your goals right now, you know, like that you'd like to get done? Well, this year I will hopefully have three horses to take to the Derby. And I have a couple really nice horses that will hopefully make the fraternity this year. So the fraternity is a big one for me. I had a really great fraternity last year, so I'll try and match that or better that this year. And I have some really nice derby horses, so hopefully I can get something done in the next few shows here. Do you want to tell um, us a little bit about those horses and and who they who the horses are and where where they came from? The derby horses. <laughs> yeah, just I'm, I'm curious because I'm going to watch. I mean, I want when you go in, I want to be like, hey, I know. Oh yeah, Haley talked the about one, that horse. <laughs> the one is the one I showed at NRBC. Her name's Jane Emerson. And then um, the other two are owned by Storybook. So the one is the mare I showed at the Turdy last year. Her name is Spice. She's a Star Spangled Wiz. Uh, and then the other one is a Top Cell Wiz. Her name's Gwen. So those are two mares I will hopefully debut at the Derby. We'll go from there. Hopefully it turns out good. So, and then my three-year-olds, I- I have uh, another Star Spangled Wiz, and then I have a Colonel Shining Gun, which they're two really nice horses. So hopefully that all works out. Well, Haley, this has been very enjoyable. Yeah. And we wish you very good luck. And you know what? With your commitment and your passion and the way you've approached all the other things, I don't think luck's going to be as much of a factor. I think you've uh, you, you've got the the, the pathway to success kind of mapped out by your actions yeah well um yeah so i think uh we're gonna we're gonna you know let you go now and go and continue down that path and 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 start adding to this incredible list that you already have from your young show career we're cheering for you back in canada i think we talked about that in other episodes hey ron how we love our canadians and uh so everyone's cheering you on and um yeah Go ahead, Ron. Well, I was just going to say that what you have to feel, not pressure, but always feel that there's some a lot of Canadian eyes on the little screen to the webcasts that come out of the uh, major NRHA events. And there's nothing lights me up better than seeing the little Canadian flag opposite the name of the rider mm-hmm. and, and, and the results. You know, that that's exciting. And Haley, we're watching really close. So best of luck from all of us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm so excited to be talking, be part of this. I'm really, I'm really thankful. It's our pleasure, Haley. Thank you for your time and uh, good luck the rest of the season. We can't wait to touch base with you again. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. Wow. Episode 10. Dave, I swung it over to you. I said, here, rookie. Yeah. Handle the interview. Yeah. Dave. Outstanding job. Good job. Boy, you had your homework done now, partner. I got help. Uh, I did, uh, you know, I, I, I met and I knew that we were obviously had the podcast scheduled. And so I, I called in uh, a favor. I sent a, a message to uh, Tracy, yes. Haley's mom. And I said, hey, fill in these blanks. And, and I got back a plethora of information because what a dynamic person, oh. Ron. Like just... Oh, she is meant to be a rainer, right? Like if you were to be yeah. like, what would make a good rainer? Haley France, I mean, she is oh. a perfect rainer. And yeah. what a sweetheart to talk to. 
And one of those girls that goes away, turns turns pro, mm-hmm. not showing it on pro. She's in the big leagues. When she popped up on the screen, what you just go, oh, that's the girl we know and love. Well, and her mom mentioned it. It didn't come out in the interview that, you know, what, what she loves about her daughter and what so many people love about Haley is her contagious laughter and the smile and the laughter. It's a full package. But let me say this to you, Ron. You know, our ambassadors of young Canadians out there, like I'm guessing the reigning world across the border must think very highly of reigners in Canada because of the everything, a, everything a, that they it's do. It's a very good point. Our exports yeah. have been the cream of the crop. You know, they've been yeah. excellent young people and excellent citizens. Yeah. That's the part that as, as uh, we learned in the interview, there's a young lady who was responsible enough at a very young age to say, hey, I'm going to have to focus on my studies here yeah. in the final year, and I'm going to have to kind of push that riding to the background. Mm-hmm. But she's making up for lost time, and she certainly has. So I think everyone has to say thank you to those young ambassadors. And, and, and you've mentioned, like, when you go into those big shows and you see that Canada flag in the list oh, of, of people, yeah. right? And you're just like, oh, it makes you proud. And, uh, and so it's it, really cool. It I, does. I love looking at and seeing that little Canadian flag in those listings. So, too, and I'm a little bit excited. I got a little shout-out to three more sleeps, Dave, and I head to the rock slide. We had to record early yes. for this episode because right. when this episode comes out, and the people are listening day one because there are lots of listeners who like to listen in on day one. Oh, yeah. You're already going to be on the island, Ron. How's the island? Are you liking your time? <laughs> yeah. So I tell him, maybe I'll text you. Maybe I'll, I'll send a uh, FaceTime, you know, kind of give you an island tour. We've already talked about it, Ron. You're going to love it. I mean, I hope you don't <laughs> I have I to am. spend all your time in an arena so that you can get out there. You're near Butte Bu- Chart Gardens. Are you planning to go? Go see well, the flowers? I- I'm going to do everything that I possibly can. Yeah. The one thing I'm going to try to do is repay them for their generosity and their extension of hospitality that they've shown me so far. And I'm not even there yet. They just, I'm excited to go there, Dave. I really am. I wish I was coming with you. So maybe next year I can, uh, I can be there because I miss the Island very dearly. And, uh, uh, it's you you have place. such a you have a great history with the Island and, yep. and I was looking forward to it. I kind of thought, you know, when I first got, I thought, wow, wow, my buddy, podcaster Dave will be there or something like that. And yeah, but it'll work out, Dave. And it, there's more Bernards in, in Victoria than you'd meet anywhere else, actually. So, uh, holy yeah. cow. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone I yeah. here and I hear, I thought I was on a getaway. <laughs> <laughs> That's a threat right there. I think they all like to talk and tell stories. So yeah, 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 yeah. come and spend some time with you, Ron. No, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I'm as, as, as this is people are listening. I hope you're having a blast on the Island because it is a beautiful, happy, awesome place. Well, thanks. I'm, I like to say, I'm excited to go. You got any other, I know. Yeah. We got to touch on some folks that are stepped up and new sponsors. Brand new sponsors again. We got a couple of them to mention here today. So first off, uh, Westland Machine Limited. That's the Colson family. We yep. see them. They, they yep. sponsor lots of events. So they've done it again here. They're helping our show. They're going to be the sponsors of the Novice Horse Divisions both the open and the non-pro we package oh. them together. And so they're going to wow. be, you know, so the, so the added money and, and on the other things that come with that class, uh, thank you then to the Colsons for always being there. And, uh, and it means a lot to us. Uh, secondly, uh, we have Sunnyside Stables Inc. That is Rhonda Nielsen. And so she hey, is down south near. Yeah. You, a yeah. relatively new name, if you will. Yeah. But the Lethbridge, uh, country they've they've taken over the uh ex former bonnie becker stable yeah. and stepping out i i believe shauna showed one of their horses uh shauna Superga showed one of their horses at the uh cactus raining want to thank them for jumping out yeah. so we we'd be the first to be uh we'll be the greeters at the door there dave yeah we'd all right like to meet them well, I think that's it, Ron. Um, you know, we had, uh, you know, we talked a little longer, of course, in the beginning because, uh, you know, you wanted to talk about all these different things that oh, you I, know about. You know so much. and I don't know much, <laughs> but I, I like to make stuff up, Dave. Hey, but we put a wrap on this. Yeah. We sure had a fun interview talking to uh, Haley, and I hope everybody enjoys it. As always, thanks to all of our sponsors, a particular Jack Carter, $10,000 open. If you're thinking, don't forget to get your entries in. Click on that free button where you can just pop in and say, hey, I might come. Yep. Help us out. It's on the website. Hey, what, tell the website because a lot of people don't oh, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, all you got to do, exhibition.ca, X-I-B-I. 
T-I-O-N dot C-A. Go there. It's easy to follow. Hey, you know what? We're down to that point where I just ask them one more thing. Just, just quick. We did a high five on episode five. High 10, Ron. High 10. Yeah. No, no, sorry. Not uh, low 10. Low 10, low Ron. 10. Low 10. <laughs> low 10, yeah. Whew, I had to stand on my chair. That was a high 10. All right. You bring us out, Ron. Hey, folks. Thanks very much. We sure appreciated you being here with us. And you know what I'm telling you. Keep listening. <laughs>